the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have probably heard about it. Many in Europe and Africa were ready for it a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, not visible from this continent. But the beauty of the creation, the love of the Creator for His creatures, was once again rendered visible to many in what we call this last lunar eclipse, the blood moon, the longest total lunar eclipse of the 21st century. If you remember last year, we had a beautiful eclipse of the sun, and this year, eclipse of the moon. Why do I start mentioning this particular phenomena? I think it is a great opportunity to remind ourselves of the continuous eclipse that should take place in our soul when two of the most important virtues in our moral life come to a perfect superposition. The first one as a shining sun in the soul and body is the virtue of chastity. The second, silent as the moon, dim and shadowy as this intriguing astronomical body is the virtue of humility. Since this is summertime, vacation time, and particularly probably we have been more, there might be some overindulgence in the practice of these two virtues. It is good to go back to them. So what relation then between the moon and the sun? Between chastity and humility? What kind of relation between the eclipse and these virtues? Well, the answer is quite simple. Chastity gives to the soul a new light, a new splendor, a new radiance. There is no beauty without purity, and human purity is chastity, says St. Francis de Sales. And the highest degree of chastity, that is virginity, according to St. Cyprian and St. Ambrose, give the church a particular splendor and contributes in giving it, giving it the luster of the mark of sanctity to distinguish it from the sects which have renounced the evangelical consuls. The analogy with today's situation is pretty clear. So the analogy of the virtue of chastity and the sun seems to make sense. Now, as we know, humility is the garden, the garden of chastity. Humility doesn't shine. Humility is more hidden, discreet, almost imperceptible in whom that truly practice it. St. Francis de Sales even says that the word humility itself should not be mentioned by those who want to acquire it. We have, therefore, our two astronomical beings. Let us now connect these two virtues to make not a particular, sorry, not a partial eclipse, but how to reach the beauty of a total eclipse in us. As we said, humility is the garden of chastity. If chastity is not protected by a sincere and deep humility, then chastity has no value whatsoever. Even pagan can practice this chastity in its highest form, virginity. And without humility, it is probable that the fall is near. And St. Paul warned us already, he who thinks he stands firmly should be aware of a fall. We have the great example of the 
Abbey of Port Royal during the Jansenist heresy in France in the 18th century. These these perfectly chaste nuns, whose virtue in this domain was a source of admiration to all, these nuns kept their chastity and virginity as pure as the purest lily, but whose humility was totally absent. Humility is the foundation of all other virtues, hence, in the soul, in which this virtue does not exist, there cannot be any other virtue except in mere appearance, declared the great St. Augustine. The result was the complete destruction of their abbey by King Louis XIV, due to their grave lack of submission to the ecclesiastical authority, the Archbishop of Paris, who asked them to reject their Jansenist heresies. And he finally declared them far off and disobedience to the apostolic, apostolic constitutions and incapable of participating in the sacraments of the church. Since the literature and history has always described them as pure, and sorry, as pure, pure as angels, but proud as devils. We should constantly be on our guard and hold firm the two, chastity and humility. To do so, spiritual authors give three main recommendations so as to preserve and persevere in chastity and purity. Distrust of self and confidence in God. Flight from dangerous occasion, sincerity in the sacraments of penance. So first, distrust of self and confidence in God. My God, be aware of Philip, otherwise he will betray you, says, of course, St. Philip himself. Distrust of self implies the virtue of humility. It implies a true knowledge of one's own misery and nothingness. And if God allows us to fall into sins, it is because we started to rely too much on our own strength instead of relying entirely on God's grace. It is, unfortunately, only when man experiences his failures that he also become aware of his misery and turn his eyes towards the only one who can save him from the abyss. Second, the flight or flip from dangerous occasions. Humility is the safeguard of chastity. In the, manu- in the matter of purity, explains St. Philip Neri, Neri, there is no greater danger than not fearing the danger. For my part, he says, when I find a man secure of himself and without fear, I give him up for lust. I am less alarmed for one who is tempted and who resists by avoiding the occasion than for one who is not tempted and is not careful to avoid occasions. When a person puts himself in an occasion saying, I shall not fall, it is almost infiable, an infiable sign that he will fall, and with great injury to his soul. And regarding particularly the virtue of purity, St. Francis is clear. Be exceedingly quick in turning aside from the slightest thing leading to impurity. For it is an evil which approaches stiffly and in which the very smallest beginnings are apt to grow rapidly. It is always easier to go away from such evils than to cure them. 
Human bodies are like glasses, he says, which cannot come into collision without risk of breaking. So many rules of prudence, well known to past generations and totally forgotten today, regarding modesty, regarding readings, movies or shows, regarding parties, regarding the way one should behave with the opposite sex. We are not Puritans, we are not liberals, but simply Catholic, and a right balance of prudence is necessary. In medio stat virtus, virtue stands in the middle, and here is another good advice on how to fight temptation against purity, which ought not to fight the same way as other temptations. In temptation against chastity, the spiritual master advises not so much to contend with the bad thought as to turn the mind to some spiritual or at least indifferent object. It is useful to combat other bad thoughts face to face, but not thoughts of impurity. And finally, the third recommendation is sincerity in the sacrament of penance. Deus non iridetur. Make no mistake about it. You cannot cheat God. God sees and knows everything. This is the basic of what we teach to our children in catechism. Let us apply this to ourselves and let us go confidently, confidently to the confessional being assured that Christ is the one listening to our sins and purifying our soul with his precious blood. As we entered a few days ago in the month of August, dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, let us finally invoke our help and protection. She is the one perfect model that has been offered to the human race. The one pure lily, which color and fragrance radiate all around. Because of her chastity and purity, but most of all, because of her constant and heroic humility, I am the handmaid of the Lord. O Mary, most mother most pure, inflame our heart and strengthen our intelligence with a con constant desire to become more and more, day after day, pure receptacle of the grace of your beloved Son. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.